Hi, I'm Joe Lynch, director of such cinematic classics as Wrong Turn 2, Knights of Badastum, Everly, and of course the new film, Mayhem. And when I'm not masturbating to Sasquatch porn, I'm listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Ooh, it feels so good. out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that knows the fear of walking in a soiled ball pit my name is greg b <laughs> i'm genius mickey <laughs> and on today's episode our tour of the wide world of weird continues as we head to mexico for another engagement of relationships and tentacles as we talk 2016 the untamed and whether or not you have experienced deja vu, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your animal husbandry hole. There it is as well. And of course, you can find us on social media. Uh, we are on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, it is on the Book of Face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and squiddly shenanigans. And as this episode is releasing on Friday, January 15th, if you're in the Kansas City area, Screenland Armor, they have your genre needs uh, taken care of indoors and virtually. Ah, yes. And on that very Friday. Oh, I'm excited for this one. I am as well, because we are going to be celebrating a film that is itself celebrating 10 years of terror. Mm-hmm. We're talking Simon Barrett and Adam Wingard's You're Next, a dope dope neo slasher and you get to see ty west taking in the eye oh boy oh boy it's it's their italian homage there potentially <laughs> uh, it's definitely an inversion on the home invasion genre yeah, but everybody brings their a game and like it simon baron adam wingard made something fucking dope they it's very it's a nice melding and of another one that features barbara crampton mm-hmm. and her little reza- renaissance uh-huh and too many cooks and too yeah facendan President, I, I, yeah, whatever Larry. it is. <laughs> but then that following Friday, a film that I have not watched since we both saw it at Film Club many years ago, Osgood Perkins, The Black Coat's Daughter. I'm so excited for The Black Coat's Daughter. I'm telling you, it's what Hereditary wanted to be. And so Black Coat's Daughter is dope as shit. I, I'm going to quote you here as a genius. I thoroughly enjoyed it when I saw it. It was the kind of good satanic slow burn yeah. that I needed. Mm-hmm. It's got Emma Roberts, who I absolutely love. Modern day Scream Queen. Yes, indeed. And this is a movie that I have not seen since. So I get to see it both times in the theater. I cannot wait. So come on out for our next Friday Night Fright. Be part of the Friday Night Fright film family. Mm-hmm. But we've got another set of genre films showing. One that I'm going to be watching for the first time, Whiplash. Oh, yeah? I've never seen that one. I, I know of teacher. it. Yeah, yeah. With, with J. Jonah Jameson. Exactly. Not not the Cl- uh, Cliff Burton bass solo from Metallica. Uh, we've got David Lynch's Wild at Heart. Do it again! And if you have not seen Wild at Heart, number one, it's got a fantastic Rage Cage performance. Tell me about Bobby Peru. But oh my goodness. Tell me about Bobby Peru. Willem Dafoe in that one. You need, <laughs> you need a shower after you watch He's that. He's so fucking skeezy in he that one, He is horrible in that. And of course, they also have uh, Godzilla versus Ghidorah. Ooh. Ooh. Some old school. Masuraya. Masuraya. I love those guy in a suit kaiju movies. I've been filling in my gap. Thanks to Screenland. Oh man, I've been. They've been oh, awesome. I love those. I remember back in the day on PBS they would show them. Well, there's so much charm to them, mm-hmm. and then they add the human characters, and then the aliens always come into play. Mm-hmm. So weird and wacky. Yes, it is. Now, if you aren't ready to go indoors, we understand. Speaking of aliens coming down to play, yeah. So we'll get to that. <laughs> but then virtually on Saturday the 16th, we have our very first Shutter shout out. Of 2021. Woo! We're all going to sing Chalalogs together. And we are indeed fo- uh, got a double feature of Killer Kids. Yes. And, oh goodness, 
Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yes. What a double feature it is. We have a Finnish film, mm-hmm. one that was streaming, and I saw it the first time on Shutter. It was put out to the wild mm-hmm. and came back again. We are talking 2014's Cub, mm-hmm. or Whelp. Whelp. As it is. I like Whelp. I like that tighter Whelp. I kind of dug Whelp as well. Uh-huh. And then we're going to be following that up with a Ken exploitation classic that I'm going to be watching for the first time, 1981's The Pit. Ah, <laughs> uh, grab your teddy bears and your meat and go hang out with some trotologs. Well, and then I immediately, when I think the pit, I go to PCU, sadly. So, so I don't want to be <laughs> right? that guy with the pit shirt on, with the VHS cover. <laughs> Throwing meat at people in That's, both movies. Yes, they do. Uh, but that is both of those films are streaming on Shudder. And of course, if you are not already subscribed to Shudder, they have a number of uh, seven-day free trials that you can try. But if you would like some exclusive content that includes a customized pre-show, introduction, trailer reel... And what promises to be an interesting post-film discussion, mm-hmm. you can become a member of the Screenland Film family by heading over to patreon.com slash Screenland. And of course, that is just the tip of the tier with Screenland. Mm-hmm. There are so many more things that they offer, but it's something we enjoy doing, and it's our first time back. Yes, and we are excited. I think, and we got a couple of good ones lined up. Oh, the month of January. It's going to be dope. It's going to be gonna dope. It's going to be really, really good. And of course, if we are talking uh, film family and we're talking Patreon. Hey, pallies. And if you would like a little plug or become one of our Patreon pallies, uh, we have, it's almost been a year now, putting out exclusive content at Patreon. Mm-hmm. Head over to patreon.com slash Nightmare Junkhead. I'm telling you, man, some of those Patreon episodes we put out, like, they've been not to toot our own horn, but toot toot. I've been having a fucking blast with those. The commentaries have been funny as shit. Well, and just, you know, continuing uh, the theme of the month here with the wide world of weird, <laughs> we did a uh, comment on the con exploitation classic, Wolf, wolf Cop. Cop. Boom. Which you are wearing a uh, I'm Tom wearing a Cotton wolf shirt. shirt. Yeah, there we go. Um, but And it's got a hole in it because I fell. Um, I literally fell in my wolf cop shirt and I made a hole in it. You're staying on brand, my friend. I, I know. If one thing, it's consistency. Well, and then we also had a chance to talk uh, Verotica mm-hmm. on an episode. And if you want to hear, actually, you, if you want to hear Genius Break when he's seen too many boobs in yeah. a movie. And when you're dealing with a neck breaker. It is his specialty. <laughs> Head on over again. Become a member of our film family at patreon.com slash nightmarejunkhead. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay, Genius, I know you're still reeling from last week with Possession. Almost. Almost. (laughs) (laughs) But I've really, really enjoyed our little tour that we've done so far. The wide world of weird has been wonderfully wild. Well, (laughs) very nice. You did not twist it. (laughs) It's now affecting me. Uh, But I've enjoyed the tour, international horror, just the weirdness that we've experienced. Mm Mm-hmm. And, of course, starting in Australia with Body Melt, which I think has more WTFs. Yeah, per capita. It's right up there with Hausu. And I did revisit it because I had to go back to it because it is that brief. It does play a little bit better the next time because then I'm not going Elton John. Elton John. But then we went over to Germany on the bad side of the wall mm-hmm. and talked to Zulawaski's Possession, uh-huh. which I... I really need any of our female listeners out there. I really need a female perspective on that movie because it's just it stayed with me. Just again, the performances, but also just I need to know what the female perspective. So any of our female listeners, please let me know. What did you think of Possession? Mm -hmm. Which leads us to our next country. Mm hmm. Our next little bit of the wide world of weird. Heading down south. Absolutely. We're going to be. Just delving into Mexican horror, mm-hmm. and I think this is good because Genius McGee. I don't know if you know if our listeners out there know McGee's not a very common Mexican name, <laughs> but a Mexican. Yes, absolutely, my friend. You you give us the heat, the wish, everything that is good. Ooh, Latino heat. And looking into when we've been sampling these cuisines, as mm-hmm. it is, um, we always want to kind of look into where everything stemmed from. And with Mexican horror, when I was kind of doing my research here, it looked like initially official, not officially, but in the 1930s, they put out El Fantasma del Coverto, and that was one of the first, like, Mexican horror films. Mm -hmm. And then from there on out, it has expanded and evolved as it always does. With Mexican horror, 
there's two different camps and two different types in the beginning from from my personal experience you have the either very mexican hammer style where it's very gothic and they're dealing with classic monsters vampires and werewolves and things like that and it's very hammeristic you know i mean same shots and same everything but just with latino characters Mm -hmm. then you have the other side of the where it's the fantastic fantastical and the goofy and then that's when comes in more of the luchador aspect of it and that's when you have the vampires versus the good guys there's always been bad guys and good guys in the world of mexican wrestling and mexican cinema then not until like the 70s and stuff then you started getting into the weird exploitation and then the weird like experimental phases and and then that becomes almost there's almost mexican giallo it's it's not very uncommon to get um mexican and italian things whether it be dialogue whether it be a lot of things mixed up Mm because it's all based on the romantic languages of latin so mexico and italy they have a lot of things in common and in the 70s you see a lot of very jalloistic aspects in the in the horror um one of my favorite ones is this i can't remember off the top of my head i think it's called uh, el demonio del mano the demon hand and it's about this hand that comes alive and starts fucking people up and it's all centered around satan because it's the hand of satan hail satan yeah hail satan so yeah there's a lot of interesting mexican movies when it deals with horror but they're not widely known because they're very, very niche. Mm-hmm. They're very niche, especially because when the predominantly other because Hammer itself is a very niche horror. You go to any horror fan. I mean, in general, and talk about Hammer. They might have one or two, but not not There's not a lot is known about Hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with like Luchador movies. So when that is your main crux of your genre cinema, you're already at a negative. So like. But the cream does rise to the top, and there are some ones that we still talk about, like the Mexican wrestler ones. It's Santo el Blue, uh, El Santo y Blue, Blue Demon, Demon uh, versus Los Vampiros is a great one. We had a, we were lucky enough uh, over back when the Draft House was still there. We hosted uh, which one did we versus Los Monstruos? Yes, it was a blast. Yeah, it, it was. was so. And yeah, that was, it was my my very first one. So it was just an, it was a whole new world that was opened up for me. It was mm-hmm. it was so much fun, but there was fun. But you could also tell there was some distinct cultural differences, which yeah. I loved because I was like, yes, that's what I'm looking for with these movies, and that's yeah. what I've been looking for throughout. The experience of seeing these movies is seeing horror through that other culture because scary is still scary. Yeah. But then you put it through that filter and you get to just see how cool and unique it makes it. And from that, you get El Vampiro in 1957, uh, The Brainiac in 1961. There is just like you said, there's a long legacy of films. Yeah. And then recently we're getting a lot of uh, Latin American directors that are breaking all sorts of conventions and doing their own fucking thing. You know, I mean, like Guillermo del Toro is one of them and he's internationally known now. And we all can say, oh, that's very del Toroistic, you know, and we know exactly what we're talking about. So I like that now that he's breaking through and other people like Alfonso Colón, he's making all these different movies and Pedro Alvaro is making all that stuff. So like Gigi Salguerrero. Yeah. So they're all bringing their own Latin movies. Mm -hmm. Hispanic movies are coming because a long time you don't think when you think of like Hispanic movies, especially me growing up when you'd watch on Univision or, or, you know, you go to the Mexican markets and they're playing on the on the background. It's always these like machismo action movies where a guy in a cowboy hat is fucking up the cartels. Or vice versa. So, like, and that's all you would see. And even if you go to, like, there's uh, the bye-bye place, uh, Viva Fashion Mart. Mm-hmm. Around there in the flea market, they have a bootleg DVD guy. And so, it's <laughs> all the Mexican movies. And it's, like, all frontier movies. All frontier movies. And so, like, there's not a lot of Mexican cinema. But when you have cats, like... Guillermo del Toro and Gigi Salguerrero coming out and making some stuff. That's even all the better because not only are they paying homage to some of the older movies that they have, but they're bringing new ideas yep. and whole new avenues, and it's, it's super dope to see. It's The legacy lives on. Yeah. And then you have weird shit. Well, speaking of weird, <laughs> before we even talk about that, which shall not be named quite yet, There are a number of things in this podcast, if you've been listening to us for a while, again, we've got 250 plus episodes at this point, 
you will hear certain phrases come up again and again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Almost call and response where I can say another time. Another place. That comes from Streets of Fire, which mm-hmm. you should definitely seek out. Oh, absolutely. Speaking of William Defoe, I'm just glad he wasn't uh, Bobby Peru and Lederhosen. I don't know if the teeth <laughs> would have matched with that. <laughs> um, Bobby Peru's going to hit you with a hammer. You know, just like... <laughs> Here in a few weeks, <laughs> you're going to hear the um, the origin of a little bit of uh, when Genius really lets his id go free, what would we normally say? Hmm. If you uh, really let yourself. Oh, don't dream it. Oh, the debaucherous. The debaucherous. The debaucherous. Technically, I know most people will say Rocky Horror Picture Show. No, but yet, it's, it's, us, a, it's a different story. But then there's another one, a little two-word phrase that is our... Our opening tier here because, you know. <laughs> you know, when you go beyond that's right. squiddly diddly. Uh, squiddly diddly. So that is another phrase. And it's not even so much of a phrase as it is a, a frame of mind as it is something. There's motions involved in it. Hand to, motions. To, to, say tru- to truly say something squiddly diddly, you have to add the squiddly diddly. But it came from a weird incident. And we talked to uh, the Black Coat's daughter, uh, which is going to be showing. Uh, we saw it at Film Club at the Draft House. And mm-hmm. Film Club initially was in created to was it to uh, create cult co- to uh, cultivate, cultivate conversations in current cult cinema there we go we love the alliteration and it was a lot of fun i um saw some great movies saw the lure mm-hmm. through oh, film club i love that movie um we showed low life um, yes. perfume um uh, freeway shadow of the vampire tommy uh tommy we so we showed new ones we also showed starfish when it was in the theater uh um, ingrid goes west yeah um vox lux her smell so all the gambit you would get some challenging films mm-hmm. not a lot of them were real feel good because the idea was you would talk afterwards right and like a book club but for movies so film club it was great and yeah which technically give it a plug yeah we're still doing it now what we're doing is since uh we can't do it in theater anymore for various reasons um we went virtual and so now what we do is we watch a movie on our own time and we pick which movie we want to watch this time and we discuss it for about about a good two hours and just talk about all the different things of it and there's no wrong answers we just ask you to show your work defend your answers and it's totally free it's a lot of fun and usually we try to find movies that are free streaming so everybody can get a chance to watch so well, and it's it started at a good place. It still is in a great place. Mm-hmm. Like and we just did blind spotting, not but now this is dropping Friday two mm-hmm. days ago. So yeah, no. So the the conversation continues, mm-hmm. um, but it's funny that there would always be then you would have trailers that ideally we would show beforehand, which would be for upcoming film club things because mm-hmm. it would be exclusive. They would able to be able to program it because these movies you would only see they would only show once, one time, <laughs> one day in particular, and then that was it. Yep. But there was a trailer that hit, and when I say hit, I'm talking hit with a capital H, and it was a wet hit. Yes, it was. That kind of overtook Film Club and became a, ver- a term. It became the vernac- to the point where it's the vernacular in our podcast. Yeah. Genius McGee, take us back. Let's go back here and do a little... So we're getting ready to do the film club, and the trailers come on. And let's say this is about a month before this movie is supposed to show. And all of a sudden, it's gone. It's got that music, that song, right? And it's just these panning shots of beautiful countrysides. And then it shows a duck fucking a duck. And then it goes back a little bit more, and then it talks, and then two people are walking in the forest. Right? And then it shows a girl lying on the bed. Right? And you're like, okay. And then it goes back to the two ducks fucking, all right? And then I'm like, what is this? And then it goes, and then it had like a premiered at this festival and this festival you will not forget this movie da, 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 da. right and it's like okay and so then you see the girl on the bed and all of a sudden she starts spreading eagle and then this fucking tentacle thing starts sliding up her leg and wrapping it around and it looks just like this dick and it's a tentacle dick la da da uh, and then another one comes out, and I I think I said it a lot. 
is she going to get diddled by a squid? And then I'm like, <gasps> squidly diddly? And then like, boom. And then it just says, the untamed. And and then, all right, <laughs> in four weeks, we're showing the untamed, guys. And it was just, and then. now, And it should be noted, though, it had a name, the untamed. But it became squidly diddly, because I was like, this is, and I'm like, okay, remember, we're going to see that squidly diddly film in a couple of weeks, right? And so then as, and but here's the kicker. Yep. Fucking, they showed that trailer before almost every single movie that was PG-13 and above, right? I mean, because you wouldn't want to see Frozen 2 with, <laughs> da, 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 right? And so, like, for every fucking movie they showed that, there you go. All right, here's Black Klansman. La, da, da, da. Da, da, da. you're like holy shit right and then it was like is that that squiddly diddly movie? and it kept going on and then for every film club before i'm like remember get your tickets for the uh, squiddly diddly movie right i was just fucking around then finally <laughs> on the day of the day the day pretty no the, the week before the on week? the last film the film club before because you could go because that's when tickets go on sale that's for the right, next one right <clears throat> i'm with amber and like you can hear Hey, box office is calling, and they want to know what they're talking about—the squiddly diddly movie. We looked on our, we looked on our computer. We can't find any squiddly diddly movie, and we had like four or five people ask for it. And I was like, "Holy shit, it's the Untamed, guys!" And like, and so meanwhile, oh, okay, la, da, 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 right? And so like, <laughs> they go. <laughs> so you had then from then on, squiddly diddly—that oh. just became a thing. Whenever. Somebody is going to yep. get diddled by an octopus. It's squiddly, or whenever a cephalopod of some sort shows up, exactly squiddly diddly. And I, there, it's there's a whole fucking subgenre of it. There's tons of squiddly diddly out there. As it turns out, we opened up a portal. I don't think that we knew we <laughs> no. needed to get into. All of a sudden, what? No. Yeah. Oh. No, it was, uh, the reason we're giggling like this, number one, is much like in Possession, I think how you see the film can shade how you view it, obviously. I've seen Possession multiple times and multiple reactions. <laughs> so I need to know now, having watched The Untamed, <laughs> Squidly Diddly, <laughs> how did that play in a theater? You could hear a pin fucking drop the entire movie until like, oh, what the fuck, right? You could hear just everything, and then you hear like, what? Just like all at once, so many people, so many stuff. It's like a thousand voices at the same time, all crying in anguish and confusion. What? I mean, there was so many like, okay, and then silence, dead fucking silence, and every now and then you'd hear, la da da, la da da da, right? And so, because <laughs> I'm I'm watching it, not dumbfounded, because I'm an, I'm a mature adult, but let me just say, ladies and gentlemen, there is a lot of sexual content. There is a lot of graphic <laughs> sexual content in this movie, and this is not an easy movie. No, and this is a movie that I think could possibly make a lot of people uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which brings me back to the theatrical experience of viewing this in a theater, a, a crowded theater. But thankfully, Film Club did cultivate conversation, but it also cultivated a very curious kind of audience. Uh-huh. <laughs> Film Club Chris, Film Club Kelly, love all you all. And you guys, Sarah and Daniel. Just, and exactly. Parker and it's, Jesse and Supercat and Stacy and everybody's been keeping Diana and doing the virtual thing. But we still try and see some weird ass movies. But that that movie i'm in and, and there's such a build up to it too yeah because it's so long every fucking movie you went to la, da, 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 right and you're like what the fuck is this so when introdu- i need to know when introducing it what was it like was the energy palpable could, yeah it like, was you could just yeah, feel the tentacles yeah, it was. people were ready people were fucking ready because if they're already wanting to buy their ticket for the squiddly diddly movie they know exactly what they're fucking getting into so people were like okay here we go we and and some people knew what they were getting into and some people go sight unseen but even then i mean everybody went sight unseen in film club because nobody fucking saw these movies first but 
just walk through walk-ins that was the, you could hear a lot of because <gasps> people i've never seen before would come in and then the regulars and that's just that you have to all keep in mind there are normies that will come to this mm-hmm. i remember there were there were walkouts in the lure mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. you will have some people that may not necessarily know what they're getting because well, if you say on paper a musical about mermaids why not it sounds yeah. good under the sea under the sea they aren't expecting La-da-da. right so like it's nuts <laughs> oh my goodness so i watched it and it ended and I had a visceral WTF reaction, which I don't do very often, because the journey it took me, and I will, I will say this, I genuinely enjoyed this flick. Yes, it's a good movie. It's a crazy good flick, a very serious relationship drama. It goes into some very heady places. Very dark places. But much like Possession, it but, features- <laughs> A girl yeah, the, fucks an octopus. <laughs> and as you basically, you get a lot of buildup in possession and i think the the reveal is quite great it's mm-hmm. still wonderful but oh my goodness it's as if amat escalante mm-hmm. watched zulawaski and he's like what is why hold my beer exactly hold my beer. well he dedicated this movie to uh well zolowski 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 yes. um and it says like yeah to dedicate it to for possession he wanted to make a spiritual sequel-ish to this and i think he fucking did it oh there is no doubt that he did it and he he went the show not tell route (laughs) well because within the first five minutes of the movie the the first first scene scene, the first fucking scene we get this chick masturbating with the tentacle i mean just go to town graphically i might add and you're like oh it's gonna be one of them kind of movies and then it keeps going from there it, it, it doesn't necessarily, it just continues to escalate, but not in ways that you would anticipate because it opens with a bang quite literally. And then though we then get into the relationship side of the drama. Well, cause she, the, like I said, the first thing you see, she's masturbating and then, and then she gets beat the fuck up and then she looks up more please. And you're like, Oh, oh okay. And I went in with expect certain expectations kind of knowing. And I was still, the, the, I should say they were the the expectations were met and then some, mm-hmm. but it was built based around the relationship and the drama where you have uh, takes on toxic mass toxic masculinity. It takes on uh, repression. Yes, it takes on um, loveless marriages. It takes on um, what you would give to be sexually free. Yes, it takes on. Um, the church it takes on so many different things in this woman fucks an octopus movie which leads yeah which leads me to believe you could probably write a dissertation on this and so there are going to be some people that will definitely have some intellectual takes Mm -hmm. that you can walk away from we're going to offer our opinions and the reactions of everything but no that was that really stood out to me um but also the, the just the overt sexual material but the question almost is how important is sex yeah as not even just a procreation tool, but something that is legitimately just a calming thing. Because every everyone that has an experience walks away like cleansed, purged, you know, mm-hmm. the catharsis. Or they don't walk away at all. No, they don't. See, it's a weird thing about, like, this monster's almost love itself. It can bring such great pleasure and such great pain, you know? So what you do for it or what you want to leave for it right it's a lot of different subjects with this thing and again that's not even touching on the murder aspect of it the murder like it did he or did he not Mm -hmm. or the whole um uh repression and the whole betrayal and the whole like aspect of it i mean the fuck monster is just the fuck monster well, and it, technically it is a relationship film with this alien. And it mm-hmm. starts from the get-go, the opening shot with the meteor or yeah. whatever that is. And so... But all the shots are slow and deliberate. Mm-hmm. Like, Well, and as bombastic as the characters are in Possession, they are just so subdued and subtle in the, un- in the untamed. Mm-hmm. And it was a very nice contrast. Um, because as hectic as Possession is, this one is quite the opposite. Um, but when the stings come, they really work. Yeah. Um, uh, going to the, some of the, the characters here, uh, Vero mm-hmm. was kind of a standout for me. And I think she is basically the one that's kind of the, the guide 
to everything because she's the one that introduces the creature yeah to all these various people uh the brother felipe yes uh then no fabian fabian fabian, fabian, fabian. fabian. well and that was it was initially i had i had to realize that what it was the husband was cheating with the brother uh-huh and it was veronica is the one that basically introduces the brother to it well because veronica at first wanted to fuck the doctor right wanted to because like, she's, she's like, still the first thing like she's getting better from the wound inflicted by the monster and no the, that was the dog no there was no dog that bite her yeah no she said it was a dog but it was because she, she got stabbed by the monster oh okay I, I just assumed it was the dog because the no no there were, no no the monster was getting tired of her that's right so it, yeah so he kind of like okay i i you you can't i'm, I'm kind of getting through with you You've seen it multiple times at this point. So again, <laughs> so she went to like the, she well, there's no she was like, yeah, it's a dog. Because what's she going to say? I got attacked by a fuck monster, you know? So like very true. Very true. <laughs> and so then she goes, you know what, doctor? You got pretty eyes. Uh, you, you like sex? I mean, because that was like the first fucking thing she said to him. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, like, don't we all, you know? And he goes with men or women or both. And she just looks and she's like, I might not overstep. You overstep your line when the first thing you think is, thanks to you, doctor. Do you like sex? You know? Well, and I think I do remember her saying I something like, like universal health care and all, but. <laughs> I think she said something about being socially awkward. And yeah. I was like, I'm socially awkward, too, but I don't open with things but like that. I don't that. open like, with that. I don't open with you. You want to see my fuck monster? You know? So, like, <laughs> and then it just gets wilder from there because then. We just finished that graphic scene of what's going on. And then the next thing we see is another good morning sex mm-hmm. scene. Of, and it's just like loveless and just just by the numbers. And just you're, and then it's very clinical. Yeah. And you're like, OK, so what's going on? There's a lot of fucking sex in this movie. It, it is. Again, it is an overtly sexual film that is definitely not going to be for everyone. Right. And as chaste kind of as possession was, again, he totally flipped it on the other side. Mm-hmm. But does the overt graphic uh, nature of it take away from the film? No, I think it enhances it, actually. Because and, technically and it's it's about sex. It is. It I is. mean, and not saying that it enhances like, <laughs> no. you know, but I'm saying it enhances because if you're going to talk about a movie about sex and what it means to be repressed and and finding out that you that this super macho husband is having an affair with the, the with the gay brother but mm-hmm. yet under not even under his breath calls him all sorts of homophobic oh, yeah. slur, slurs yeah then like it should show if you're going to be graphic be graphic but not for this it, it, as graphic as everything got it never really it teetered that line of this is exploitive mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying but i even wrote like this is borderline pornographic but now that that's a bad thing no no not at all well i mean going back sounds terrible (laughs) no 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 i would even argue going back to film club you all had viewed we are the flesh yeah which ooh, that's a rough one with and the golden glove and so you have seen some overtly aggressive sexual films there Mm -hmm. so it's i don't think those and those movies are not meant to titillate no you know i think quite the opposite and i don't think this movie is meant to do that either it's meant to unnerve you yeah i think it's supposed to it's supposed to stir your loins and your brains well because they talk about that the closer you get to this crater that it brings out this baser thing of you mm-hmm. this thing that's almost pure yeah they say um i'm trying to to get two spoilers spoiler issue i think here. we're gonna have to man because it's hard to talk it's hard to talk okay, about okay good no movie. we're 30 minutes in we're 30 minutes in so at this point if you have not seen the untamed you can rent it on Vudu, a number of platforms, mm-hmm. Amazon. Uh, go and check it out. It is definitely worth your time, especially if you did dig possession. Seek this out. But um, two words, genius. Animal orgy. Mm-hmm. Holy orgy. Moly. Animal orgy. I knew I was going to see some things that I'm never going to unsee. Uh-huh. And I did. I did. The animal orgy was one I did not know <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna unsee. It looks like behind the beaded curtain of Noah's Ark. It's like if there was like a like a on, if, if Noah's Ark was a swingers cruise. There was like a fucking pineapples all over. The Jesus place. Christ! Fucking a duck comes out. He's got like a. Lo- so hey, I'm talking about Lamore. Right, and just like. <laughs> <laughs> and they show it in the trailer. I mean, but a little bit of it, not to the full extent of it. A snippet. No, here you get this full on. You have a scene of all these animals fucking each other. Reptiles. I mean, you. But it's in. But they're all with this. There's no interspecies mingling. No, there's no interspecies mingling. But there's just animals going to town on each other. It was. 
and like equal parts funny, awkward, l- shocking. From lions to lambs, they're all together it's, in this like things that should be eating each other. They're eating other things. They're they're just going to town. And then meanwhile, like she's getting over in the cabin she, in the woods. The cabin in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> the husband's bulge. I mean, me, it's going nuts. La-da-da, right? And so so let's talk about the creature. The one in possession was practically made by Carlos Rambaldi. Mm-hmm. This is a CGI creation, but I thought it looked good. It looked great. For being a fuck monster, it looked like a fuck monster. It's just pure id. It mm-hmm. just is a thing that gives pleasure and yeah there's an old couple there that are these old science old hippie scientists and they're down for the get down too because even when they're like you know i need to study it but let me put my hand in your pants you know and it's just like god damn you randy old people you know i mean but i guess if you're gonna be the caretakers of a fuck monster you have to be down for the get down and not only are they uh, you know the presidents you never know, but they're also clients right they, it they're makes literally sense. just studying the fuck monster and seeing what it does and obvious interestingly enough um they actually ply her with some tea beforehand, almost like trying to, and I don't want to say set the mood, but it was her first interaction with it. Just like muscle relaxers, probably. Possibly. So is that eh, good, bad? Eh. I mean, honestly, if I'm going to get fucked by an octopus, I kind of want to be in an altered state. You oh know, boy. if I have, you know, but at the same time, she was willing. Everybody who goes to this, well, not everybody. Yeah. Everybody who goes, for the most part, everybody who goes to this cabin are willing and know of the risk. But And want to go back. Well, and that's just it. That's when the go back is when the first time with our main, uh, Ale, she just looks calm, at peace. And they, she gives her the hug and she's like, do you want to go back? Or are you going to go back? And she's like, yes, yeah. I do, actually. Yeah. And... What, like I said, with possession, you get a buildup. You get the creature reveal when he's all out on the the the, the mattress and everything, mm-hmm. and it leads to the end scene with the the sex scene, basically. Yeah. Here, oh my goodness! Again, it's as if he said, "Okay, I'm going to tr- turn this to 11. and the scene we get is unbelievably graphic. Yeah. We are talking just tentacles everywhere. He's got her up in the air like a like one of those sex swings. But he's the sex swing because he's got tentacles in the air and around her in her mouth. I mean, like every single orifice you can think of is being just pleasurely violated because it doesn't it doesn't look pleasant. Not but it also does i mean it does it does as in like it doesn't look violent and mean you know what right. i'm saying it looks like he's genuinely having consensual sex with this person so like but graphically the, graphically all over the place all over the place and w- i just wasn't expecting that i i mean i was uh, i should again i was expecting it well because like when possession it's still in the dark it's still you're trying to wrap your mind about what you're seeing almost, almost. like a like a, almost almost yeah. and here it's like sinkasi no almost right here it is and it's weird because like it was almost like in possession the monster was the build up to it mm-hmm. in this one the monster is just a mean to the end he's mm-hmm. just another side character he's the bumbling detective so like <laughs> the fumbling detective but <laughs> we had those in possession as well There's- so yeah but so like it's, it's in so when they show it you're like oh oh oh, oh. and especially you know what it can possibly do because like they say it can give great pleasure like they're almost like centibites it's almost like a centibite yeah. it can give great pleasure or great pain angels of summer either because like the brother when everything was said and done it was they thought he was violently raped and strangled you know yeah. and so but it wasn't it was just a, a fuck gone wrong for the monster's credit i guess yeah, it's it's disturbing. It's, it's disturbing, and the way they found it, and the way everything's oh. so callous about it, and the fact that they're like, oh, this is the second body this week. So the fact that there's more people going to find this fuck monster and getting killed by it. The fact that the very end, when they just she casually says the bodies are starting to pile up, mm-hmm. as if there is there there is a body count to this thing. But they almost treat it like this thing is this. It is a sexual awakening for a lot of people because um, it helped Veto. It helped before he got killed. It Mm -hmm. helped the brother Mm -hmm. and it definitely helped Alejandra, you know, so I don't know. It's just this weird thing because it's this 
monster. So the question is, again, too much of one thing obviously is not a good thing. So is it all about, again, finding the balance and all that? So moderation? I would think so. But then again, it's also heartbreaking, too, because it eventually is going to get tired of you and try to kill you or you're not going to be able to take it anymore. And, and then you're also almost addicted because I think that kind of plays on an addiction angle, especially mm-hmm. with Veda, as she's seeking out, again, a connection yeah. or to, to be fulfilled ultimately. Well, because even before the monster came into play, uh, Alejandra was miserable. Yeah. Her 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 husband was a fucking brute who played this weird macho grab ass. What the fuck was that? I mean, Did that's I, some fucking red flags right there, too. You know what I'm saying? But I, then I thought it was a cultural thing. N- no, n- no, no. I mean, grab ass is grab ass, but he was playing like find the worm. And so, fun, yeah, like, and it was like, what the fuck, dude? Come on. Stop it. The boss is looking, you know? And so. <laughs> but then so she's in this loveless marriage and he can't open to himself that he is at least bisexual right but yet he calls the brother f words and so many racial slurs so many uh, homophobic slurs meanwhile hey i'm horny you little effer like i, I want to fuck you you little queer and blah 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 you know and so it's like and the brother was even talking to veto before everything was like i don't know how to quit him you know, I know he's it's, bad news. Yeah. I know I'm going to wind up hurting a lot of people, but I just can't stop. And, and then Veto's like, well, we all have to do what we want and have to do. You want to see my fuck monster? And like, he's like, well, okay. And then that's what kind of gave him the, 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 the will to like, look, you're no good for me. I have yeah. got something a lot better. So with this fuck monster and, I, I, you got to find the balance, I think, of the physicality, the spiritual, you know, the, the chemistry needs to be right. Because like you said, all one thing, it's definitely bad for you. I don't know. I just relationships are complicated. Yeah. You know, there are always going to be shades of gray. And you didn't I didn't think necessarily that would be explored in this movie. That's what I was not expecting. I was expecting the squid the diddly. I didn't expect this interesting character piece of these relationships that are falling apart mm-hmm. and that the fallout of that as well is with the kids with yeah. the family just how every uh with the 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 turning their back on their son yeah. um you know the fact that they own the, the family is uh with the, the candy, candy factory store. yeah you, know, you brought shame and 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 so okay so the you brought shame part so i was listening to the interview by this direct by the director and he goes, well, this movie is based on a true story. And they're like, well, and I'm like, wait a minute, let me rewind that a bit. So there's this fuck monster in Mexico. Like, well, when whenever they let us go back to the country, I'm on the, I'm on the, I'm not on the old no fly list, so I'm okay to go. So I want to, <laughs> da, 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 right? So <laughs> no, but uh, they said it's based on a true story. Because what happened was they found this guy was brutally raped and left for dead, left in dead in a puddle, like in just in the forest. And the newspapers wrote um, something along the lines of silly little gay man um, found dead in the blah, 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 blah. Very like salacious, disrespectful headline. Mm-hmm. And like everybody was cool with it. And then it just kind of ran. With, and then he was like, wow. That's fucked up because there was a scene where he goes, you brought disgrace to the family and he threw the paper and it goes, oh, yeah, the headline. Yeah, that was basically what happened. And then he wrote the whole story around it. But then with the whole family, like you brought so much. And in fairness, the guy is convicted for rape and murder. I would probably be like, dude, I don't want you around everybody now. You know, you 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 don't go to the right Twix factory. You're not barred. You're barred from the left Twix factory. You know, it it all comes down to the money. As it is, as it is, it, it always comes down to that. But again, I wasn't expecting that with this squidly diddly flick. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. That's and that's what I kind of like with possession as well is the fact that you get this really crazy, complicated story of a couple's dissolution. Here, there's again continued follow, even with the kids, uh, the relationship she has with uh, Jacoby, 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 and Ivan. Yeah, <laughs> those little kids. Sometimes they were adorable, but sometimes I'm like, you kids are fucking annoying as fuck. But at least, at least, at least, like, as opposed to in Possession, where they didn't give a fuck about him. At least when she was going off getting diddled with a squid, she let Veto watch him. Hey, she broke a window to go get him. Oh, yeah, and she did. Yeah, I, she did. I would, I will say, I thought the uh, him being allergic to chocolate was going to come back in some sort of way. 
and maybe that's just the the Ari Aster in me. I don't know, but that didn't. That didn't. Um, but I actually kind of enjoyed the time with them just because they're kind of rascalian, and also. The fact that he's watching the zombie movie and he's like, Mommy, it's okay. Zombies, zombies aren't, real. aren't real. It was a nice little moment. And like the little moments like that. Yeah, they were cute. I enjoyed. But sometimes like. Well, it's just again. Kids. There's consequences to these relationships. Yeah. There's consequences with, the again, the fuck monster or what have you. Is it a horror movie? A monster kills people. That is very true. Very I think, true. I think that I, I, for me, this is a totally horror adjacent. Yeah, but yeah. I also get if you're a hardcore horror fan, you might not get this, or not get this. You might not dig this movie. Yeah, it might not necessarily be the cup of tea they're going to serve you before your rendezvous with said monster. <laughs> it's it's definitely a little unsettling. Um, like you said, it it's I think it's designed to be provocative. Yeah. It's designed. It's not provocative. It gets the people going. Well, it does. It does. It does. This is this is not a subtle movie. Um, the the performances are, but just the, the content itself. When the genre bits hit, mm-hmm. be they the sex core or the hardcore, or like blue piss, or oh, the like, splooshing moment. Yeah, which I had a like a brain damage. Uh, kind of call back to that. Just the what makes the hurdy the gurdy do 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 do. It's Squidly's tune. Very weird and unsettling, and it's just for a moment. And yeah, it's not even doesn't really mean anything except for the fact that she's still she's she's she yeah. wants to go say what's up to the fuck monster. Yeah, it's it's just being in a relationship where the other side doesn't want you anymore. I mean, listen, yeah. I think that's very real for a lot of people. And the hurt is real. And so, again, I wasn't expecting this. This was a nice surprise. But that guy was a piece of shit, and I'm glad he got everything that was coming to him, especially when he shot himself in the leg. Oh, my like, God. You fucking moron. I, I laugh. But at the same time, you can't feel sorry for this guy. No. He's just, he's legit a piece of shit all the way around. And in the ending of the movie, which, I mean, it just, it ends. It just ends. It literally mid scene. Yeah, it's, what, you're, there's a stain on your blouse, and then click. Boop. Yeah, and I I did one of those. Why wait? Because I I don't know what kind of resolution I needed, but I think maybe I needed to know what happened. Like, are the kids safe? Yeah, I don't know. Are they gonna? Are, are they part of her carefree lifestyle now? Well, you know? they all live in a hippie commune now, mm-hmm. so maybe. I mean, like, hey, Moonbeam, can you watch the kids? I got to go and drop the kids off at the pool. Meanwhile, you know, so like, I don't know. But we don't know. And it's very ambiguous. And and then eventually she'll either get tossed aside and have to find somebody else for the monster or she'll get killed. So is this whole thing like a take on monogamy and how it's not necessarily something that's supposed to work? (laughs) Like in our basic instinct, our basis, purest thing monogamy is initially rejected because that's what that place re- represents this like base thing of us of just sex of just se- this pure physical thing and that's like it's rejection because it can't it doesn't have just one partner or it or they doesn't stay with someone forever no it yeah. eventually rejects them so i don't know i don't know again i think there's a lot of stuff that could be read into this movie mm-hmm. I, mean, I think it, yeah like uh if, letting be who you are and letting yourself go, like, give yourself over to absolute pleasure. Because if Angel was just honest with himself and everybody else, like, it might be a different story. Certainly. You know, at least one of them wouldn't be dead. But then it also goes to show, again, just in terms of cultural things, um, being able to be, yeah. you know, be gay in, in a society and not have the dangers of it. I and mean, a shit. very machismo. Yeah. Very... Um, patriarchal society i mean very well I mean, we got here. In the US. yeah here. it's it's it, yeah. it seems like it's more prevalent in uh especially in smaller towns in mexico and latin america and like ones that are not as progressive sure same thing here I yeah mean, sadly thing. yeah yeah because i'm sure you know cultural differences aside if you set the whole thing from like Guanajuato, Mexico to like West Virginia, I think it would play exactly the same. Yeah. We'd have different animals in the fuck crater <laughs> or in the crater of love, but you'd have, you'd still have, like, you'd have like possums and like raccoons instead of like cranes and snakes, you know? <laughs> you can call the big one bitey. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, listen, listen, I, I think you can take away a lot from this movie. The biggest takeaway 
is that yes, Squidly Diddly is involved now. What was Squidly Diddly? What was the conversation like afterwards with all the buildup and just given what that we what we did experience? Just like this one, not as wild as you'd think. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, like when dealing with fuck monsters and Squidly Diddlies and all this kind of shit. But we talked about like, okay, what does it mean to not be yourself, and who does it hurt, and like. Uh, um, my, and my question is, would you go to the cabin? And I'm going to ask you that question, too. Would you go see uh, the fuck monster? If I was in my 20s, yes. In my 40s now, no. That sounds like way too much work. It's it's seriously. No, I I, I would. Fucking I'd buy a season pass. <laughs> <laughs> On the 10th visit, it practically pays for itself. Like <laughs> On the card, it's got little little things Stamps, for the steps. Yep. Like little, fucking tentacles. tentacles. Yep. Yep. <laughs> How many people answered yes? Uh, quite a few. Mm, there was some yes and no's. I mean, there was about split. Because I mean, like you know, again, giving over yourself to your base needs and and I don't know. It all depends on your situation and how the the fuck monster would treat you differently, you know? Oh, I get it now. Okay, Lola, I know. It. She is diva-ing right now. I am telling you, she's either really got to pee or poo, and I'm gonna. it's going to take it out on me here. So, um, final thoughts on the untamed. <laughs> well, you now know where the squiddly diddly has come from. And you know what? Oh. That, is the, that is the bar that all other squiddly diddly things had need to achieve. Well, and I can, and I, in having not watched that film before and just being in const in the squiddly diddly it was a nice surprise mm-hmm. again it met my expectations with the squiddly diddly but the relationship stuff the heady stuff involved elevated it as well come for the squiddly diddly stay for the drama <laughs> well we are going to be going here next week from we're going from mexico now all the way to japan from the south to the east oh boy and I love my Japanese brethren and sisters over there, but man, we're gonna get weird again. Um, we're gonna get wet. We're gonna get weird and metallic. Yes, we are. So until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee, and we'll see you in your dreams. Uh-